Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Dallas Cowboys got dominated on Sunday afternoon. Is this fool's gold for Dallas? Are they not the team that we have seen over the last few weeks? Also, the Jaguars got schooled by the Baltimore Ravens. And speaking of school, does college football need a commissioner? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The Dallas Cowboys in 2023 are sort of like the opposite of the old line from the Sopranos. Just when I thought they was out, they pull me back in, which is, of course, a Godfather line. But it's just when I thought I was back in, they pull me back out. A 31 to 10 beatdown at the hands of the Buffalo Bills on Sunday afternoon. Marcus Mosher from Locked On Cowboys joins me now. And, And Marcus... This is not the Cowboys team. 10 points and and a defense that cannot get stops. This is not the version of the Cowboys we've seen over the last month. What happened in this game? Well, I mean, it's kind of the version that we've seen uh, that that they've been on the road against some really good teams. Mm -hmm. Like the 49ers team, they got blown out. Uh, The Cardinals game earlier this year in Arizona, they kind of got blown out in that game. Peter, there is a certain type of team that gives them a lot of problems. And this has been the case for the last three years under Dan Quinn, these teams that can run the ball, but also have athletic quarterbacks that can kind of keep you honest with their legs have just given Dan Quinn so many problems. In fact, maybe this is a Mike McCarthy thing because Mike McCarthy used to have problems with this when he was with the Packers as well. They've got to fix this because if they don't fix this, uh, it could be getting uh, late pretty early for the Cowboys. Yeah, no comment on any of the Colin Kaepernick era games nope. that Mike McCarthy might have my, may or may not have coached as as a head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, if I had told you, Marcus, before the game that that Josh Allen would go seven and fifteen for ninety four yards and a touchdown, and that would be his whole stat line in terms of through the air, you'd be like, sign me up for that. Sure. But two hundred sixty six yards on the ground—that's a big problem for this defense. But to me, I look at this and I go, okay, I, I know that the defense gave up a lot of points, but Dak Prescott. I'd been saying on this show and others that he was the MVP, 3.4 yards per play in this game, only 195 total yards. Where has where has where have all the Cowboys gone? As as a, a 90 song once said, like what happened to this offense? So all right, Dak and that Cowboys offense did not play well, but to me, it's really the defense. Right, the very first drive of the game. Buffalo goes right down the field and scores a touchdown. Mm. Second drive of the game, or first drive the Cowboys have, they march it down the field. They have to punt, right? And then Buffalo goes right down the field and scores, and all of a sudden it's 14-0, and you're feeling like this thing is starting to get it out of hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cowboys offense didn't play well. Dak didn't play well. I think this is the worst game that he's had all year. They're just not built to play this type of game script. They're built to play with the lead. And when you get down 14, nothing, 21, nothing, there's, there's not a lot that this team can do, especially when they're on the road. Yeah. And so that raises an interesting question as we head toward playoff time, because at the moment and, you know, pending the the results of Monday night football, this is a team that is going to have to go on the road. If they are going to be in the postseason, we expect them to be in the postseason. Like this is not 
barring a, a total they've collapse, already clinched but, the, they've already clinched the playoff spot right they're, so they're so in. right so the, they're they're going to be in the postseason you have to, you're going to have to go on the road and win some of these games so if you're the cowboys if you're mike mccarthy what are you what are you trying to figure up what what is the what is the most important thing for them to tighten up on the road as they try and go on the road and win some of these games i really think it's the sloppy penalties like and you saw in this game there was a, a play by Sam Williams on special teams that was a should have blocked the punt, returned it for a touchdown. Instead, gives Buffalo uh, 15 yards, a free set of downs, and they go in and score a touchdown. There was a play by Demarcus Lawrence on a third down and long where Buffalo would have been kicking a field goal on the opening drive of the game. Instead, gives them a first down. They go on to score a touchdown. If you could just limit those critical mistakes, I think you're going to stay in these games, but – Man, it just seems like in every one of these big games, the Cowboys keep tripping over their own feet. And they, they're going to have to stop that if they want if they want to yes. get to where they want to get to in the postseason. Okay, so big picture here as we as we push toward the postseason, as we push toward the end of this schedule, because the Cowboys like talk about out of the frying pan into the fire. They've got the Dolphins and the Lions the next two weeks. What are you most focused on seeing improvement the next two weeks here? I just want to see the energy level be better. I, the Cowboys came out in this game and it just looked like this team was tired. And maybe there's a reason for it. We know that they had several players who were battling the stomach flu. I, I don't really care. I, I It just seemed like there wasn't a lot of players that were interested in tackling. The offense lacked juice. I just want to see them play with more urgency. Um, it, it probably doesn't even really matter if they win the next game or two they're probably going to be the five seed because of all these weird tiebreakers but i just want to see them be a a more crisp looking team as we get, we get closer to the playoffs stay up to date all year on the dallas cowboys by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on cowboys on your favorite podcast app and on youtube thanks for making locked on sports today your first listen coming up the jaguars and ravens went at it during sunday Night football but first joe flacco a lead or not clutch in this one we're into the second half of the nfl season and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash at fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins if you've been thinking about joining fanduel what are you what are you waiting for the app is so easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over-unders teasers and more there's also plenty of weekly promos and boosts to give you opportunities to increase your payout. The Eagles and Seahawks face off for Monday night football. The Eagles, three-point favorites in this one. You can also combine bets for bigger payouts. Same game parlay is a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Chicago Bears snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. The Bears led 17-7 at the start of the fourth quarter before ultimately falling 20-17 in OT. The Chicago Bears dropped what should have been a big win over the Cleveland Browns. And just like that, their playoff hopes slip 
right through their fingertips. I'm Lauren Cox, and I host the Locked On Bears podcast. And this loss for the Chicago Bears came down to a dropped Hail Mary at the very end by Darnell Mooney. But before that, a muffed punt by punt returner Trent Taylor. And early in the game, a dropped would-be touchdown pass by Robert Tunyon. That was a beautiful throw from Justin Fields. It encapsulated the offensive incompetence all game long, largely from a play-calling standpoint, but they couldn't get the running game going. Fields made a couple of heroic plays, but that wasn't enough as your defense dominated for the majority of the game, but ultimately couldn't hold on to the end. A lot to break down from this game that could have ripple effects throughout the end of the season. Find it on the Locked On Bears podcast, on YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Atlanta Falcons are going to do what the Atlanta Falcons do. In a game where the Falcons' defense didn't give up a single touchdown, they lost to the now 2-12 Carolina Panthers by a score of 9-7. Not a baseball game, not a soccer game, a football game. An NFL football game. Falcons choke again this time to the worst team in the NFL. So what does that tell us about the Atlanta Falcons? I'm Aaron Freeman, host of Locked on Falcons. It was a wet, rainy day in Charlotte. So, of course, it was going to be a sloppy one. And the Falcons fell to the Carolina Panthers 9-7. to So that proved to be the true. With no run game to speak of, the Falcons were forced to rely on their quarterback to carry the day. And Desmond Ritter showed that task was too much for him with a costly red zone interception to Panther safety. Xavier Woods midway through the fourth quarter, leading to the Panthers game-winning drive. They were able to go on a 17-play, 90-yard drive that ended in a walk-off 23-yard field goal from Eddie Pinheiro to give Carolina their second win of the season. Remind me again, who's the team that's currently 2-12? and To hear the eulogy on the Falcons' 2023 season, make sure you follow Locked On Falcons, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. San Francisco 49ers MVP candidate, MVP favorite right now. Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey both strengthened their case on Sunday afternoon. Purdy had 242 and four touchdowns, while McCaffrey had 187 yards from scrimmage and three scores of his own in a 45-29 stomping of division mate Arizona. And the Texas Rangers will be without three-time Cy Young winner Max Scherzer until the middle of the 2024 baseball season. Scherzer left the Rangers during the World Series due to back discomfort. After taking a turn for the worse, Scherzer underwent surgery on a herniated disc this weekend. Here is another story you need to know. The Jacksonville Jaguars had yet another chance in prime time to show they could hang with the big dogs. Instead, Lamar Jackson took care of his business while the Jaguars could not take care of theirs. A 23-7 beatdown on Sunday night football. Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars joins me now. By the way, someone who will always stand 10 toes on everything. He will say whether it is AFC playoff picture or otherwise. Tony, this Jaguars team... all season, it's like, okay, well, we like the talent. We like what's going on here. And then in these big moments, they come up short. Why? It's something in their DNA. You know, I, I liken it back to the movie Life with Bokeem Woodbine's character. Just can't get right. And that's what they are right now. There's just a bunch of guys. You saw it. I mean, they going down the field and they fumbled up. They were a be- One of the keys to the game for me was they had to score when they got beyond the 37-yard line. And that gives them a 54-yard field goal minimum. Most of their turnovers have come when they've been in that territory. They did it again tonight. Four times down there, empty. 
absolutely empty. Fumbles, missed field goals, all of that stuff. And it's a microcosm of the entire season. They just can't finish. So this is a team that still at eight and six is looking like they have a, a good chance to be a playoff team. So is there a, a, a spot in particular where you go, okay, if they could just get, get right a little, like as a team understand, okay, they, they just can't get right. But is there a particular place where if they can, they can get right 20%, 25%, 30% where you go, okay, this is a team now that understands we can be a playoff team if they can do this. Trevor has to be perfect and he hasn't been perfect. And, t- and at times he hasn't even been very good. He's just been mm. okay to good. Uh, he has to be perfect. And I don't know if that's fair, uh, but hey, man, fair is where you catch rides, right? That's not, <laughs> nobody cares about that stuff in football. Yep. The bottom line is where they really, really need to get fixed, in my opinion. I, I don't think they have a top end talent other than one or two or maybe three players. Trayvon Walker certainly showed up tonight as that third player. I think the biggest problem is their trenches. They just can't, when things are not going right, like a good football team can do. They just can't win behind their offensive line the way Buffalo did earlier against Dallas, the way we've seen Detroit do it sometimes. Like if things aren't going right, just trust your big guys. Well, their big guys don't play well, especially in the interior on defense and offense. And when you can't block people, you can't beat people in the National Football League. Yeah, I think the offensive part of that in particular rings out in this game. You have a a situation where you're trying to run the ball Travis Etienne is your leading rusher, 10 for 31 in this game, and no one else can do much of anything. Trevor Lawrence ends up being their leading rusher in this game. That is, it's hard to win football games if your quarterback is going to be your leading rusher. And and presumably, that was part of what the value add of having someone like Doug Peterson was, was to find ways to win these games when not everything was going perfectly is this to you, Tony, more a, a personnel problem? As you mentioned, that that trench play, that's usually about having the dudes to do it. Is this a coaching issue? What Where does it land more right now? I, well, I think all of it is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to be slow to blame Doug because I've seen him win a Lombardi trophy. So I'm going to go back to Trent Baalke, who made the decision after last year that this offseason was going to be about drafting and developing, about running it back. We got our guys falling to the, falling into that trap that these guys are young, that just because they're young, that they're going to get better as they get older. That's not necessarily mm. the truth because other people try to improve, too. The Jaguars started out hot. It was a little bit of fool's gold because they were eight and three. They weren't an eight and three football team. They were just winning because of all the schematic stuff. At this point in time, this year, that stuff doesn't matter. At this point in time, it comes down to teams having all of the film work, all of the study, all of the situational football stuff done. And the Jaguars are not a very good situational football team because usually situational football requires you to be good in certain areas, and they are not. And you would know that if you've been listening to Locked on Jaguars because Tony has been talking about this all season long. Tony, appreciate the time. Thank you. Stay up to date all year on the Jacksonville Jaguars by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Jaguars on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, does college football need a commissioner? For years, the college football world has been making a move toward being more of a minor league for the NFL than student-athletes just playing football while in school. UCLA head coach Chip Kelly thinks there needs to be a commissioner in place to overlook college football. 
I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've lot of spent time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share, in the, same we all share the same TV contract so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together, that's a lot of games and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You know, a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, that money now needs to be shared with the student athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've thought about it. You know, I don't know if there needs to be a commissioner in the NCAA to make sure that things are fair and equitable when it comes to the college athletics landscape. But it's clear that the football part of this is a driving factor to the point that someone, someone needs to be behind the wheel here. And Chip Kelly, and, and this is something I'm not sure I ever thought I would say. Chip Kelly is absolutely right. It doesn't make sense that UCLA would join the big time. That, by the way, not something I was surprised by coming to that conclusion. That is just absurd that UCLA would ever be a part of the big time. But they are because of football. Not for any other reason, but football revenue drives so much in college athletics. It makes sense to be a standalone entity. The problem becomes sharing revenue and all the things that come with the association that a team has with its conference. Does it make sense if everyone is as uncoupled, conscious or not, with their conference as, say, Notre Dame? The answer to that is, of course, it doesn't. Notre Dame as a football program, as a football program, that's an important caveat, makes sense as an independent. There aren't that many schools, maybe a list smaller than 20, that makes sense to operate as a football school and then everything else. Most teams are going to be fine merely following the football money because everything follows from that. But there are going to be plenty of instances where that's just not the case. 
UCLA followed the money because the Pac-12, it was clear, was dying. They went to the Big Ten to chase the football money. But they could survive anywhere else, frankly, as a softball school, as a basketball school. And if you want to pick any other sport, that works. UCLA is a unique school, though. They have other elite programs. They don't generate the kind of money the football program does, but they are elite in college athletics. Most other schools don't have this unique problem to UCLA. So while it is true that football drives way more than maybe it should, it's only the case that a handful of schools can operate as football only or football mostly schools, as Notre Dame can, and trying to legislate for everyone operating that way just doesn't make sense. Is there some some better way to do this? I, I think so. A commissioner? I don't know. But an NCAA that has a clue? Yeah, that would definitely help. And finally... The Philadelphia Eagles are making a change on their defensive staff by promoting senior defensive assistant Matt Patricia. Yes, that Matt Patricia to their defensive play caller spot. Defensive coordinator Sean Desai will remain the defensive coordinator but will no longer be calling the plays and and won't be on the sideline anymore. But don't worry, we swear this isn't a demotion, right? Of course, they made sure to get that report out there on Sunday afternoon. I guess... If you can't hack it as the defensive coordinator for the Bears, you get demoted, but you were the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, and now you're promoting the, the coach that couldn't hack it as the defensive coordinator for the Lions. I guess that's one way to do it. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus. Our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today. Three weeks remain in the NFL season. Who is gearing up for a playoff run? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports. <laughs>